Coming up, we talk about the second leg of the Vegas swing with the CJ Cup this week. We review Sanjay M's second career tour win. We talk Matt Wolf, Phil Mickelson, and what the tour could do differently with fall events. Zach Fitzgerald is with me to break it down. Welcome to your best bets. Uh, Monday night show that we typically do here. We're going to be reviewing the Shriners from this past weekend. We saw Sanjay M get a second career win. Uh, also going to preview the CJ Cup uh, this week out in Vegas, the second leg of the Vegas swing. Um, I also want to talk a little bit about the just the, the fall schedule and, and what it all means to the tour and, and maybe some things that could be different. Um, and tonight with me is Zach Fitzgerald. Zach, how are we? Uh, I'm doing well. How are you? Doing good. We, we did not have a good week on our golf picks, man. It was rough. Uh, a tough, tough scene. Uh, I think we, we decided we went, I think, one for 19 or two for 20. Um, it was... Uh, it got really tough uh, picking that field at the Shriners, huh? I, I think you're going to have those weeks, but yeah, it's pretty bad. Uh, you know, we've done well uh, previously, so I think we're afforded a bad week or two, but it was a particularly bad one. It, <laughs> I was looking kind of at what our picks were on Sunday uh, once the tournament was over. You know, I don't always remember, and uh, I kind of realized that we hadn't done well. Um, but again, yeah, you you See did squeeze happens. you squeezed out the Matt Wallace top twenty. So thankful for that one. Um, I, I did I did wasn't one of my best bets, but I did bet Wolf to win. So I I did have a um, you know an interest in the events uh, this past weekend. Uh, I, I didn't see a lot of it. I saw some of it on Friday, a little bit on Saturday, but basically none of it on Sunday. It's you know this is a larger uh, topic. We'll talk. I want to talk about later, but going up against the NFL it's a really tough position for golf in the fall. And, uh, you know, of course I was watching, I played a little golf Sunday and then I watched, um, I had to get home and watch the bears at four o'clock. And so I, I was following there and, and I saw Wolf, you know, got down a couple early and then, and then Sunjay went on a big run and, and at that point it was over. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, we, we've, we've had some good runs, a lot of a lot of the guys that we picked, you know, either missed the cut or just didn't show up. My top pick was Hovland. He was kind of just mediocre the whole weekend, and um, yeah, just one of those events where it's it's hard to predict because I think the golf course kind of brings everyone together, and and whoever's you know hot with the putter, um, you know, hot with their irons are, are going to rise to the top. So let's talk about Sunjay. Um, second career win. Uh, he is a guy that I think is known for two things. He plays more on the tour than uh, anyone has the last two or three years. He, he plays, you know, 27, 28 events a year. He's always on the road. And uh, I think the other thing about him is he's just one of the most consistent ball strikers you'll find out here. Um, you know, I think it's, it's a situation with him where if his putter is going, he's in contention, and, and it's it's usually that club that determines his fate. Uh, your thoughts on Sanjay M? I really have enjoyed watching him. I was looking at a stat about him earlier this year, and I think it said since 2017, 
Uh, he's obviously played in the most events. I think it's like 330 or something like that. Um, well, that doesn't make sense. Most rounds, he's played 330 rounds. Yeah, I think it said something to the effect of he has shot 67 in 86 of those rounds, which is tied for first. I think he has the most birdies in that period of time. Uh, second most Eagles, I believe it said, but he's like top, uh, the top guy in many uh, of the statistical categories since 2017 with the amount of rounds he plays. I think it's kind of like, uh, I don't know if you're a King of the Hill guy, but I remember this episode with Boomhauer where he was trying to tell Bobby, uh, you know, how to pick up women. And he said, you know, just numerous, just go after numerous women. And it's just the law of the amount of times that you play. Eventually everything's going to come together. And he's played so many rounds. He's played so well in so many rounds. It it just makes sense percentage wise that eventually he's going to put four rounds together and win a golf tournament. Yeah, you, I, I think he won the Honda in 2020. I think it was one of the final events before, um, you know, the COVID break in 2020. Kind of, I think it kind of got, for, for, the whole event was forgotten just because of what happened in 2020, but he was playing great golf at that point. And a little fact about the Honda 2020, that was my first real significant golf betting win was on Sunday M in that event. I remember live betting him and, and uh, at a, it was like a plus plus 3,300 number and he won. Um, and it was just around the same number he went off this weekend. I, I don't even remember any of us talking about him uh, on the show last, uh, uh, last week. And uh, he kind of flew under the radar a little bit in 2021. He still made the tour championship, still in the top 30. Uh, and I, I think he's been around so long that people forget he's still only 23. He's younger than Colin Morikawa. Um, younger than Matt. Yeah. I, I think Matt Wolf's a little bit younger than him, but this guy is still really young and I think has a really good future in the game. I think he moved into the top 20. Um, I always like to say, where's this going to go for him? You know, definitely could see him picking off a win every couple of years. Um, and you know, he's good. He's going to have to deal with that, uh, that, that military thing in South Korea. Same thing that Siwoo's going to have to deal with, um, if he can't win a major, uh, in the next couple of years, but we'll see how that goes for Sanjay. Uh, Matt Wolf, uh, you know, we know everything that happened to him, I guess, early in 2021, taking the, the, the leave from the tour, you know, to focus on his mental health. He came back, I think, in the middle of the summer, U.S. Open. He, he, he flashed there. Um, he's had a couple solid performances, but this is the, the first event he's really been in contention since he's he's come back to the tour. Uh, so it's good to see him. I think he's he's still got an awesome future ahead of him. And uh, same event he finished runner-up last year. Um, your thoughts on Wolf? And uh, is, is this just kind of a, a start for a, a restart for him to get back into the mix and, 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 and you know, be in contention on tour? I certainly hope so. I like him. Uh, I think he's good for the game. His personality's good. Um, I do think that that this could really be a resurgence this year. Not that a year off is anything necessarily to be worried about. He's young. Uh, he came at that whole time when everybody was comparing him to Morikawa and Hovland. And everybody, you know, those two, Hovland and uh, Wolf, they're going to struggle in comparison to Morikawa right now. 
so until they win a couple majors or start winning more tournaments, unfortunately for them, that's always going to be the thing is they're going to be compared to Morikawa. Uh, but it's nice to see him back in second. I think that he could continue on that. I think in this tournament, he could do very well. He seems to be streaky. So when he plays well, he seems to do it for a period of time. So this one really could. I think he would be a good bet this week. He's somebody I'm looking at this week to continue on. So, yeah, I, saw, I was happy to see it. I saw a really kind of interesting and funny comparison to um, Jameis Winston, the uh, quarterback for the Saints now. Winston can notoriously light it up or he can throw some of the worst interceptions you'll ever see. And uh, it's kind of the same way with Wolf. You'll see him roll off five, six birdies in a row, and then you'll see on this card, oh, man, he made a triple on uh, on 14. How did that happen? Or he'll make two doubles during a round. You'll always see his scorecard with a ton of birdies um, and, and usually quite a bit of bogeys. In fact, he had a triple on Saturday that um, – you know, kind of ended up being pretty costly to the, the, the end of the tournament. But he he's so explosive as a, as a player. He can put up as many birdies as anyone. He just needs to figure out a way to, um, you know, take the big numbers off the card. And I think he'll, he'll see a lot more consistency as far as his finishes go. Um, what else from – I think, from... That, comes with, I think oh, that comes with being battle-tested. And I, I think that, that that goes back to Sungjai. I mean – you could say at 23 with all the events he's played, he might already be battle tested at that age. And how, how that, that is very, very good looking forward for his career. What else from the Shriners? Uh, Hayden Buckley uh, took down Matt Kuchar this week. Uh, in fact, he finished top 10, put up a pretty low number on Sunday, made an ace uh, during the week. So this Hayden Buckley versus Matt Kuchar thing, it's, it's really it's getting live, man. I'm looking forward to continuing that. Yeah, I saw. I think that they had both shot in the, the same score in all three previous rounds. And I was playing an event on Sunday, and I looked. Uh, I knew they were teeing off earlier. They had not played well on, on Saturday. So I looked, and I saw Kuchar's name, and I was like, man, where's Buckley, you know? So I scrolled down, you know, hoping that he had he was not playing well. And when I didn't see him down there, I realized the inevitable that at that point, I think, Kuchar was one under and Buckley was like six or seven. So I knew that, that I had lost at that point. The scores were low. You know, when I was looking at that at one point, Sabatini was leading and, you know, I think he was six under through like eight holes. So it seems like the scores were pretty low that day. Um, but I didn't really get to watch a whole lot of it live. I do wonder, I don't know if you saw this, but I'm just seeing some, some controversy about poor raking in the bunker that may have cost Wolf. Did you see anything on that? You know, I, I actually just saw that again today. He, wasn't he already down five at that point though, on the back nine? Yeah. I, I don't, I don't agree with anybody saying that it cost him anything. I just, I don't know what happened. I saw just a still picture that, look like maybe if anything happened, it hadn't been raked properly. So the ball wasn't able to fall back down into the middle of the bunker, but it just looked like maybe he was up against the lip. I don't know what, I just didn't know if you had seen anything more on it. No, I, th I think, I think what I saw was exactly what you just said. I, I think the ball should have come back down to the middle and, and because it wasn't 
rake properly. It stayed up by the lip. And I, I think he, it was on his approach. I think he basically had to just get it out. And, uh, yeah, yeah, full, yeah, you gotta, you gotta take care of those bunkers, uh, rake, rake those bunkers for your, your, uh, your competitors, you know, keep the integrity of the field alive there, people. Um, Final point on the Shriners, and, and like I alluded to earlier, Zach, with the the fact that you know what what does fall golf mean? I know I know this is it's kind of weird because the new PGA Tour season started already. We played three and the points on the, these events are the same points that they give out at you know the you know the events in the spring or you know the Arnold Palmer Invitational or the Players Championship. It, all these FedEx Cup points are the same, but is there something that the PGA Tour could do to make these events more, I don't know, watchable versus football on a Sunday? Because, you know, it's 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 such, you know, we know football is king, especially in, in, in this country. And to have to finish a golf tournament right in the middle of all these football games is a tough sell, is it not? Yeah, I don't really think there's anything they can do, though. I mean, football's football. It's going to be football. Uh, I think that the fall season means different things to different players on tour. I mean, for guys that were playing in the Ryder Cup or guys that were playing in the Tour Championship, you know, it gives them an opportunity to wind down a little bit while also kind of cherry picking the tournaments that they want to play in. Um, uh, For other guys that maybe didn't have a good year, it gives them new life, new hope for a good year that you know, maybe the tournaments won't be as strong, so maybe they can come in, get some good positioning, get some points that, that skyrockets them towards a good uh, next season. Um, I think that, that f- I, I like how they do the, the wraparound year. I think it's great. Uh, I think that it's awesome to be able to basically watch a golf tournament every single year or every single weekend. I know that it struggles against against football, but everything struggles against football. And I know multiple friends, and I do it too, that when I'm sitting there watching football, you know, I'm flipping between both. So I don't think golf is getting completely left behind. It's just the prevalence of fantasy sports, fantasy football, I think is really what, what propels football even further than what it was ahead of everything else already. Yeah, I know. I think that's well said. I, you know, I, I'm, I'm the king of, you know, the multiple TV setup. You know, here in my basement, I got two TVs, and you know, I got the Direct TV Sunday ticket, and then a couple weeks ago with the Ryder Cup, I had the Ryder Cup on my laptop. So, I'm, I'm with you there. I, you know, and I don't know if you saw this, but the, the, the Farmers Insurance opened out of Torrey Pines in January. They're, they're having a Saturday night finish, um, prime time finish. Um, I think that's that's an interesting way to uh, end tournaments is maybe start them on a Wednesday, end them on a Saturday, maybe a couple of these during the NFL season. Um, you know, even some you know some sort of format change, something that might draw you know some more attention. And then I even thought of this: what if they did like a fall series? You know, like a six or eight, however many fall events there are. You know, do like a mini point standings for for you know you know, those, those, uh, tournaments and, you know, to try to get better fields, the CJ cup this week has amazing field. 
I don't think there's going to be many other fields the rest of the fall that are going to match up to this one. Um, so I just think there's some, you know, there's got to be something else that they could try just to, uh, you know, get some more eyeballs on, on these tournaments, um, you know, whether it's shipped around the schedule or, or what have you. Uh, two more things before the CJ Cup. Phil Mickelson wins again on the senior tour. That's his third win in four events. I kind of want to just see Mickelson go full into the senior tour and see if he can win 10, 12 times. I mean, who's going to stop him at this point? Uh, with his distance, I don't think there's anybody. I don't think it's fair. I, I played a course called Harbor Shores in uh, uh, Bent Harbor, Michigan, and they had played the senior PGA championship there. And we'd gotten to the first tee and my dad and I wanted to play the tips, which were playing like 6,800 yards. And the starter was like, Oh, you don't want to play from back there. And I, I, yeah, absolutely. That's fine. I understand that sentiment. And I said, is this where, you know, the seniors played from? And he said, no, they played from about 6,300 yards. So if they're playing at 6,300 yards and Phil is hitting the ball 330 yards and playing normally 7,400 yard courses, it's, yeah. I, it's, I mean, you know, there's a lot of people that hit the ball far and necessarily don't have short games, but Phil Mickelson's not one of them. So I think that, I mean, I think the first tournament I saw him playing, he drove four of, of the par fours in the first round. It, it doesn't seem like a fair fight at all. That's, I mean, I, yeah, I think the distance advantage alone and how good his short game is, you know, I, I don't know. I just kind of want to see him do it. I, I don't think he will because he's still got that, you know, mentality that he's, you know, one of the best PGA tour players and, you know, he did win a major this year. So I get it. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it, it would just, I, I, when I was watching, I'm like, how awesome if he just 2022, he went on the senior tour and, you know, won double digits. I mean, it'd be kind of fun to watch. And then the, the last thing before we get into the uh, preview of the CJ Cup, uh, there was a Tiger Woods sighting. Uh, I, I don't know if you saw it, but he was at the Suns Junior Tournament and uh, it looked like he was he was without crutches. Um, we still saw the sleeve on his leg, um, but it sounds like I was reading a couple of things today from all from all reports that you know the the rehab is going really well, and um, that you know Tiger. You know, sources say, you know, whoever these sources are, sources say that that Tiger is, you know, lining up a comeback in the future. He's not going to give anything away, of course, but um, but it's good to hear that at least Tiger's on the right path. And even if he doesn't get back on the tour that he's, you know, I think everyone wants to see him around the game, at least. I saw the picture. It excited me. I'm trying not to get too excited because I want nothing more than to see Tiger play competitive golf again but i don't when you start hearing things like completely shattered ankle um i know he's tiger woods i'm sure he's seen the greatest doctors that you can see had the greatest surgeons work on him but i mean he those guys play at such like a a body force i know it doesn't look like it but like physically speaking on your joints and everything for him not to, I don't, I think it's his right leg, right? So, uh, yeah, I think so. So it's not his posting leg, which I don't think would be as bad, but I don't know if an ankle, a shattered ankle, a crushed ankle, however they said it, mixed with multiple breaks in your leg, he's come back from everything. So it wouldn't surprise me. I hope so. I do. And it was cool to see. 
I think he will take part in the game in the future. I think he'll be a Ryder Cup captain multiple times. Um, so, yeah, and and all the young guys really do seem to love him. Yeah, they do. So I think he'll be good for golf, even if he doesn't come back. I, I do think he'll be a good figure. He's really reconciled his image, I think, with a lot of people after his comeback. Yeah, and, and I think, um, you know, everyone's sentiment, especially after the accident earlier in the year, it was, you know, just glad he's around, you know, just, you know, want him to get back to whatever healthy looks like for him, if that's not playing and just being part of his kid's life, whatever. But now, now that we've, we've kind of gotten to this point, you always want to see a little more like, Oh man, if you could just make it back, you know, just play a little bit more because you just want to keep seeing more of it. But um, just what he tuned. was, I mean, he was the preeminent figure in my childhood sports wise. I mean, there was Jordan as well. That was a little bit earlier on. I got to see Gretzky play a little bit, you know, in my youth. But, you know, growing up, loving golf and seeing Tiger do the things that he was doing. And it's weird to think now that it was really only like a 10-year span, but it just seemed continuous winning, just nonstop, over and over, just bludgeoning the field constantly. I remember my friends and I, we used to play a game called Tiger versus the Field, and it's crazy to say, but you probably had better odds taking Tiger at certain points than the field. And that I don't think you'll ever be able to say that about a person again. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I, I mean, I think we're similar age, but uh, yeah, I mean, I remember, you know, gosh, 94, 95 U.S. amateurs, you know, watching those on TV and and just like loving the guy as a, a 19, 20-year-old kid. Um, so yeah, same. And I, th- I think a lot of, people from our generation just you just grew up watching him and you know winning and being this dominant figure so yeah if we could get squeeze a little bit more golf out of tiger that would be great so we'll just have to stay tuned on that one um let's get to the cj cup cj cup um last year was played at shadow creek which you know was was pretty cool pretty exciting um this year it's moved to um uh the summit club uh, out in Vegas. It's, it's a, a Fazio design as well. Plays over 7,400 yards. There is some elevation, so I don't think it will play quite as long as that. Um, bent grass greens. Um, so there is, it looks like there is some water on this course. That's, that's kind of the main trouble, but from everything that I researched and, and looked at this course, there's really no reason that the, the pros this week aren't going to shoot up to 20 under par. Um, it, it sounds like it's, it's there for the taking. Um, Colin Morikawa is a member. Uh, Maverick McNeely are members. Um, I see Morikawa shot a 62 out here before. Uh, McNeely shot a 61. So, it, you know, I have no, I have no nervousness with the pros going to see a course they haven't played for. They'll, they'll be able to figure it out fairly quickly um, in, in pretty short order. Um, so the field this week, as we talked about, it's a limited field, no cut, um, uh, and it's really, really strong. It's probably going to be the strongest one of the fall. Um, DJ goes off as a favorite at plus a thousand. He has not been a favorite for quite a while. Um, you know that has to be partly because of the performance at the Ryder Cup, I would think. Um, 
JT and Xander at plus 1,200. Uh, Morikawa, the member, we just talked about, plus 1,600. And uh, Rory at plus 1,600. Those are the five guys under 2,000. It's hard not to go to Morikawa, isn't it not? Uh, yeah, I mean, I have I have stars around Morikawa's name. Um, and I do think that, like you said, that DJ's um, – it's all you score five points in the Ryder Cup. You're you're going to be the favorite in the next tournament that you play in. But yeah, I mean, I have stars all around Morikawa's name, not only because of the ball striking, but the fact that he's a member. The fact that despite you know everybody's worries about the back troubles at the Ryder Cup, uh, he played well. Um, and I, I always, I always like Morikawa. I'm always going to take a ball striker. Yes, and he can putt. I, yeah, I'm with you. I mean, the uh, the Ryder Cup performance from him was also outstanding as well. Um, I'm a little surprised to see Rory at plus 1600. Um, I know he did, you know, played well the final day and knocked off Xander in singles, but overall it was a really rough week for him and, you know, pretty much a, a rough season. Um, no cut events, you know, normally JT and Xander thrive in those environments. Um um, and, and you could argue that DJ does as well. I mean, he's won six WGCs, no cut events. Um, he's won some playoff events that are no cut events. So the top is really, really strong. But I think we both agree if you're going to start up here, you think Morikawa is the logical play. Um, next group is uh, 2,000 to 3,000. You got a lot of good players in here. Um, a couple of these guys are really playing well. Uh, Spieth at 2000, uh, Louis who stays in 2200. He finished, I think top 15 last week. And I saw his ball striking was on point, but I think he lost four or five shots to the field putting. So, um, that was just, uh, you know, and we're talking about a guy that was first in the tour last year, uh, strokes game putting. So you know, was that an anomaly or, you know, I don't know, but uh, Burns at 2,200. Burns was right in the mix again last week uh, going into the final round. I think he was one or two back, and he faded a little bit on Sunday. Uh, Finau at 25, Shane Lowry, Cam Smith, Vic Hovland, Brooks Kepka, and Scott Scheffler at 2,800. If I was going to start here, Zach, or or if I had a second guy past Morikawa in this range – I'm probably going to go back to Victor Hovland. Um, he, I, I saw that he lost more strokes uh, to the field putting than he's ever had in his career last week. I think it was almost eight shots putting. Um, now you could say, you know, <laughs> is that, it's hard to do, right? I mean, um, well. but you know, I just, I always look at the guys who are striking the ball. You said you like ball strikers. I gravitate toward the guys that struck the ball well, but just putted poorly the week before, because we know putting is so fickle. Like it is, it is week to week on tour. Um, and, and I think that's a great number for Hovland. What about you? In that range, I would like Hovland as well. I don't mind speed at plus 2000. I think if we're going to give Morikawa at plus 1600, you know, any conversation or DJ at a thousand or JT at 1200. I think the fact that Spieth isn't in that range, but in the next year, uh, I mean, he's been playing well. He didn't necessarily play well in the Ryder cup, but you know, that's one time he hasn't played well in the Ryder cup. Everybody's do a bad week. Um, I don't hate him in this range. I really like, you know, those top guys that we talked about. This tournament is not, 
I, I normally, I'm a guy, I was looking at this and I'm normally a guy that plays a lot of the top tens and the, mm-hmm. and the top twenties and kind of the lower part of the field, trying to get top twenties, kind of like Wallace last week. And on this one, I really like the top, uh, a lot to, to potentially, you know, pick a winner out of that group. But in the, in this range, I, I really do like Hovland, and I think we've we've kind of agreed on him for the past three weeks in a row. He just he played well at the Ryder Cup. He's solid. He's he's due to break through. Yeah, and I, I just double checked his numbers. He gained five off the tee. He gained five on approach last week. So he was first in strokes gained tee to green, and, and he actually lost nine strokes. Um, uh, <laughs> Nine strokes around the green and putting. So I know we've talked about Hovland's chipping. You know, it's bad. It's gotten better, but it's still it's still costing him some some you know, strokes here and there. Um, I, I'm with you though. I, I don't know if I love anyone else in that range besides Hovland. You can keep arguing Burns um, with how he's playing, um, but you know Burns. Yeah, I, I love the guy. He's won twice in the last what 15 starts. He hasn't done it against an elite field yet i mean this would be it i mean he won the valspar against a, a field that was not great and then um you know down in uh, mississippi a couple weeks ago against a really weak field so burns his next step is to do it against an elite field um three thousand above uh sunjay is right at three thousand you know Winning back-to-back, we know how tough that is. Answer at 3,500. Answer was awful last week. I had him on a top 20 bet. He was near dead last. I don't know what happened to him. Um, Harris English, Hideki, Webb, Hatton, Casey, they're in the 4,000 range. Adam Scott, Leishman, Fleetwood, Kokrak, the defending champion at five. Any value on anyone there, uh, Zach? You know, it's funny, and I saw where Answer was, and – I have absolutely no basis on this other than the fact that every time I look at his name, it like pops out at me, but I do like answer this week and there's no logical reason behind it other than his name just pops out at me. And that happens from time to time. And every once in a while it works out. Um, I will say on Burns though, I, you know, the other day I was, I was watching that and I was pulling for him. I really wanted him to win that two in a row. I think it would be nice validation for him. And if he wins this tournament, he's absolutely, that is absolute validation. I think Fleetwood would be a good play here. Nice ball striker. Um, putts well. Aside from that, I don't really, I don't really like anybody else in that range. To follow up on the answer, he lost six shots on approach last week. That is, uh, from what I'm seeing, I think this was his lowest number in over a year and a half. So that was definitely a rare instance for him to be that bad with his irons. I, I kind of gravitated toward Hideki. Um, I'm not sure why, because I never bet him. I never really talk about him. Um, but I, you know, maybe, maybe a top 10, but I, I don't really like any of this group to, to win. I don't really, you know, Webb Simpson, he's not in the best form. English has cooled off from his, you know, hot run. Um, Hatton and Casey, both of those guys struggled at the Ryder Cup. Um, so this would probably be a no-go for me in this range. Um, anybody, because um, this is such a smaller field, anybody that you like to make a run at top five, top 10, or a win 
that's plus 5,000 and above, Zach. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, like normal, I'm going to harp on Patrick Reed. Uh, I will make a bet. Uh, 6,500. Yeah, and, you know, 6,500 is what I won on last time. I love it. It's, it's a lucky number, and, and I do always bet Reed. Um, I think top 10 at 500 is good. Uh, I like Woodland top 10 at plus 900. Uh, Woodland's a great player. You know, has been playing great, but, you know, just like we talked about with Wolf last week, anybody can make a run at any time. Anybody's just right there at that point to make that, that spark that creates something else. And him top 20 at plus 275 in this field, I, I think it's pretty good. I think that, that is pretty good odds. A guy like Chris Kirk, who years ago was, was a really, really great player up and coming who, when I see his name in tournaments, I do often bet him and he does often come through on bets like say top 20 at plus 350. Um, I like him top 10 at plus 260. I think that's really, really good value. It is solid. Uh, So, and I I also think uh, Morikawa at plus 180 is top 10 is a pretty good bet. I have some, some other uh, tournament trio bets that I was looking at that I think for this tournament, since I don't necessarily like the low end, I might get into a little bit. Um, Real quick on Reed, on Reed. Um, I know I I was on him last week and you know it didn't work out, but he he hadn't played a lot. Obviously, um, you know we joked last week, that, you know that he had the near death experience, and I love joking about Reed because he's such a damn villain. But um, him at sixty five hundred, I mean, it's a guy that's won eight times, so that's that's a great that's a great number if you're just looking at the numbers. So I'm I'm with you there. Um, two more that I'm looking at, um, you know, I love Maverick Neely. He's a member. He's been playing really good golf for a while. Um, he's down here at plus 8,000 to win. I don't see him beating this field, but uh, plus 600 on a top 10 is uh, a number that I really like. And uh, additionally, Russell Henley, um, last week, I saw that he was in the top five on approach. And, uh, you know, the guy that's really, like I said, he's been close a lot in 2021 and, you know, of course hasn't won, but, uh, you know, yeah, he gained seven shots on approach last week. That's, that's really, that's a really solid play. Um, so top 10 on him as well would be plus 450. Those are a couple guys on the board I like for um, some, some top 10s. Um, other than that, we get we get these guys down here in this field that are, um, you know, I think there's some Korean tour players down here, um, and the field's only I think 75, 78 guys, um, so the numbers drop off the board pretty quickly. Uh, there's definitely some numbers here that are that you mentioned top 10, top 20 on on guys on the board that you can find some gold. Yeah, absolutely. Um... I don't really know any of the Asian players. I was looking at their names. I know I think An is one of them that, that I recognized. And, and you can do well down there, but this week I don't think that, that there's anybody that interested me. I, I just think that the field is far too top-heavy. Uh, I, I really do think that that one of us is going to pick the winner this week. And that I really do. I really think the winner is going to come from that top group. 
Uh, I wish that there was like a top five against the field bet that I could make. I think that I think this one just got the feeling this one's top heavy. So, you know, I won the week you picked Homa when a couple weeks ago at the Fortnite. I, I picked, I, I bet Homa in the middle of the tournament. I did win money off him, but it was a in tournament bet. I haven't won on a pre tournament bet since Cam Davis won out, up in Detroit in the middle of the summer. So uh, it's been a second. So I need to, I need to pick one here. Uh, but we'll have our picks out uh, Wednesday this week. Uh, you know, we, we, I made a rule where we'll make five picks so we don't get excessive. So we, it's easier to track as well. But, um, yeah, I think we both love Morikawa for sure. And it sounds like Hovland is as well. So we'll see how it shakes out. Uh, Zach, anything else? Uh, I do have these tournament trio bets that I was seeing. Oh. And I think, yeah, I think ahead. one of them, I think one of them that, that really is nice that you might be able to be pretty aggressive at if you like Morikawa is. Morikawa over Burns and Finau at plus 165. And I think on that, you know, if you throw a reasonable bet down, if you, you know, if you're going with Morikawa everywhere else, you got to be confident with him there. At the same time, I mean, there's a bet that I like JT over DJ and Xander at plus 185. I don't know that I'm as confident with that one as the Morikawa one, but you also have Spieth over Rory and Ustasen at plus 185. So, I have never really looked a whole lot at those tournament trio bets, but they're pretty interesting. You know, I, sometimes I look at like the groups, which is six people, I think. And those are, those are hard. And I think the odds on those, the most I was, I was looking at today was plus four fifty for any person. And I just don't think that that's worth the money, but I think a three person bet, especially that Morikawa with Burns and Finau and, you know, Burns or Finau could go really low and ruin that entire bet, but I feel pretty solid about that one. I, I'm going to definitely be making that bet. Yeah, plus money on uh, beating two guys. Um, yeah, that's that's pretty good odds. I, I do believe those you have to win. You know, Morikawa would have to win outright. A tie would be a loss. It doesn't look like there's a tie, no bet feature on on those. Um, I looked at I, while you were talking about the Morikawa one. I, I looked at Hovland to beat uh, Kepka and Scheffler uh, at plus one seventy. Um, you know, Brooks to me, I'm always just kind of out on unless it's a major. Scheffler was really really bad last week too. Even mm-hmm. though that that might have been a one off as well, um, but I, I, I'm going to come back to Hovland as well this week and uh, see how that shakes out. All right, Zach, I think we've done it. We've gone through the CJ Cup. And uh, we'll have our picks out this week. Uh, Appreciate you being here, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right, guys. Uh, Wednesday, check Instagram, Facebook, your best bets. We'll have picks up for the CJ Cup. Appreciate everyone listening once again, and we will catch you next time.